Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today CIO Podcast. I'm John Lynn, the Founder and Chief Editor at Healthcare IT Today, and I'm excited to bring you the most practical healthcare CIO insights and perspectives. We know your job is challenging, and we want to help you be more successful. And today's guest is Linda Stevenson. She's CIO at Fisher Titus Medical Center. Welcome, Linda. Hey, nice to be here. Yeah, so excited for this discussion about telehealth and all the things we've learned and, you know, the battle scars, is that what it is <laughs> after implementing it so quickly? But yeah, uh, yeah we, we've all been through something, right? Uh, but yeah, before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about yourself and Fisher Titus Medical Center. Sure. Um, my name is Linda Stevenson, and I've been with Fisher Titus for about three and a half years now. Fisher Titus is a, a rural hospital located in Northwest Ohio. So we're about 20 minutes south of Cedar Point, if anybody knows the biggest roller coaster capital of uh, the country. So, yeah, uh, we all need to yeah. go there now. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's, a, it's a great place. So, we're lucky to be out in that area. We have about 99 beds in our hospital. We have uh, 50 to 70 providers. And then we have a full suite of everything from birth to death, including um, our, our OB program, all the way to uh, senior living, a nursing wow. home home health, um, post all post-acute services. So we really, really cover the gamut for bringing our patients everything across the span of their life right here in our rural area. Wow, that sounds like an overachiever. Uh, but I guess you have no choice, maybe in the rural environment, you have to be all things to everyone. Is that the- That is correct. <laughs> Amazing. So, you know, we talk about what was your original approach to telehealth and, and you know, and what did you maybe learn from that, that initial effort that I think we all, you know, kind of threw together. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I was really blessed in that I had already started down the path when I got here. I got here in 2019 mm-hmm. and knew that we need to really look at telehealth as a, as a solution and an offering, uh, knowing that I would go into this with a painful glaze from the physicians, knowing they don't mm. want to do it. But I had yeah. already begun to look at systems and where we can go with that, uh, looking at vetting vendors, um, and then COVID hit. Yeah. And pretty much all bets were off. We had to do telehealth or there was no way to see the patients. So what did we have at our disposal? At that time, we had luckily just implemented Microsoft 365. Okay. And so therefore Teams was part of what we did every day, which was uh-huh. great. They were getting used to it. They didn't like it, but we were doing it. Um, and we thought, okay, well, we can use Teams because we know that offers a video and we can get a bunch of iPads. So that's exactly what we did. We rolled wow. out in five days. Uh, set up all of our providers with Teams accounts. All of our providers had their own iPads and defaulted the image on the iPads to make sure it was easy for them to get to set up and log into Teams and then get the patient to connect to Teams. Um, so it was a whirlwind. Um, lesson learned, you know, we, we had to do what we had to do, but what we didn't know is that the connectivity in the areas of the rural areas that we live in were not robust enough to handle even the iPad solution. Mm. So it was that without its pain, but we got the job done and we saw our patients. Well, it's amazing all that, you know, complaints from the doctors disappeared. Uh, you know, the, I like to say the value equation changed for the doctor when it came to telehealth. Absolutely. New complaint, yeah. but the, the complaint was no longer about, I have to do telehealth. The complaint was really how the telehealth worked. Yeah. So talk about that. You had this experience that, you know, you may do like, all you know, we had to, right. Uh, you know, then you decided to work with Oracle Cerner and with Amwell to implement more of a longer term telehealth solution. So talk about that experience and the transition. 
Sure. Well, we, like I said, I had already been looking at the vendors and to me, the vendor that made the most sense was Amwell because of the integration with Cerner. Yeah. Um, my approach to everything we offer our clinicians is uh, to make it seamless and make it as simple as possible and to have a separate solution that they had to log into and do document in different places did not make sense. So we were already looking at that contract. We contracted as soon as quickly as possible with Amwell. Um, and went down that path to implement the integrated AMWELL. I know a lot of places at that time really had AMWELL up and live, but not mm -hmm. with the integration with their EMR. So that was okay. really a big differentiation there. So talk about that integration. What does that involve? You know, what does the workflow look like, documentation, et cetera? Sure. So the connection for our, our physicians to connect to the patient is through the Cerner app. Um, initially, it actually had a, um, a, some, some um, deficiencies, let's call it, because really we hadn't thought through what that integration could look like, what the ultimate mm. goal is. So doctors document in one place and can link out to the visit with the patient, which would come up on another screen at that time. Since working with Amwell, we, Amwell and Oracle Cerner, everybody got together and said, okay, what's really the best way to do this? And the best way was the picture-in-picture, picture, which they wow. helped to implement so that as the doctors looking at the screen, seeing their patient, they're not distracted on another screen doing their documentation. So everything's right there. Um, and it's not requiring multiple uh, monitors if we don't want it. And, and um, it's, it just keeps it as simple as possible. It's amazing how just the simplest solutions make the biggest difference, right? It sounds yeah. like that's what your doctor's experience is like, well, we could put another screen, but the picture in picture is just a better experience. Is that what you found with them? Yes, absolutely. I think the other piece that um, we learned was when a patient comes into a physical office, they're greeted by someone at the front desk and that front desk will take some basic information. They get you all ready. They tell you it's time to go back and see the doctor. Then the doctor sees you. So they're coordinating that process and that path the patient's taking. That really wasn't available to us when we first started down the integration path with Amwell and Oracle Cerner. Um, so we worked with them on that and we call it the warm handoff. So okay. now the MA or the registrar, whoever's at the front desk will take the patient's information. They know that there's an appointment. They call and reach out to the patient. They log in and they connect with the patient online first, just like as if they're walking up to the window they take information, they prepare the chart, and then they put the patient in a waiting area for the physician to log in and grab it, and it transfers to that physician's um, device. So it's almost as if they're in the room. I mean, I think what's amazing about that, uh, and I, you know, I did a whole series of EHR telehealth uh, integrations and their approach and what the HR vendors were doing. And I was so fascinated that no one did what you just described, right? like no one had. And, mm -hmm. and yet you're like, okay, so did we just make the doctor the MA and the front desk as well, if they're going to oh. do the intake? And, like, did, and so then, you know, that was my question was like, does that intake not matter? Or are we just having the doctor work as an MA in the intake? It sounds like you saw the latter and needed to fix it. Yeah, we absolutely felt the same way. The physicians would have been very frustrated with that scenario. And um, I think it does the patients a disservice, especially if in, in a rural area, as I mentioned, sometimes there is connectivity issues and those things uh -huh. can be worked through with the front desk person before the doctor's spending the next <laughs> half before trying to figure it out, right? Yeah, you don't want the doctor as the tech specialist. <laughs> right. God forbid, right? That's that, you know, they they have their role and we have ours. And let's let's leave it at that. 
But yeah. the, the other important thing was, um, let's say the doctor's running behind. That doesn't happen in healthcare, right? But it really <laughs> happens all the time. Yeah. So if they're behind and the other patient's waiting for their visit on telehealth and they're wondering what's going on, no one's on there having that conversation with them to say, oh, doctor's about 30 minutes behind. We're going we're gonna to get you in as soon as possible virtually where the MA now can manage that themselves. They can contact the patient and say, hey, we're running a little behind. We will reach out to you as soon as he's ready. So be standing by your phone. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that, the, you know, as you describe it, the virtual visit workflow compares the same as an in-person mm -hmm. visit. Is that true from the scheduling? It's true from the intake. It's true from adding the doctor. Was that the goal? Yes, that was the goal for sure. Now, I know there's circumstances where you don't want that full experience, for example, a community care or urgent care mm -hmm. type of visit. And we do have some of that that occurs that maybe handled a little bit differently where the doctor is doing more quick intake stuff. But for the most part, let's make it as seamless as possible. Let's make it feel like the patient's really here. So where are you at today as far as adoption of telehealth? Like, you know, and maybe you don't need a number necessarily, but, you know, like, are people going back to the regular visits or your doctors have accepted that certain visits are better in telehealth? And, you know, I mean, in the rural, you often have to travel long distances. So are they embracing it or are they kind of saying, let's go back to the office visit? I, th I think it's truly a mixed bag at our organization because we're in a rural hospital area or rural area. Uh, the patients love their doctors. They like mm. to see people. That might be their outing for the day with the kids to the pediatrician, <laughs> who knows? But um, so we do have a lot of people going back to the in-person visits because they like it. And because our doctors fortunately are easy to get in to see, it's not like they're struggling mm. with appointments. If that were okay. the case, we might see more of that telehealth spike. But there are some doctors who have certainly seen the benefit of, hey, it's way, way quicker for me to just do a quick telehealth visit, let's say a post-surgical visit or something like that. Right. Uh, rather than have them drive all the way in after that situation. Um, so it is a mixed bag. We're at about 8% adoption. It's a little lower than I would like, to be honest, but, but our patients are happy and they're being seen the way they want to be seen. So they have options. Yeah. And I think that's the key at the end of the day is what does the patient want? Uh, to, to your point, uh, you know, sometimes it's their neighbor. They want to go see their friend, right? <laughs> like, Absolutely. <in> rural. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. So what would you say is next on your telehealth roadmap? What, what are you working on? What excites you as you kind of continue to push this forward? Yeah, we're looking at a couple of things. We're looking at remote monitoring. Uh, so that would be obviously part of the telehealth space uh, for our CHF and our diabetes patients out here in rural America. Diabetes is a huge problem. So really trying to get to the point where we can monitor patients from their homes and, and incorporate telehealth in that way. We're also embarking on um, school telehealth. So the, uh, this child is, uh, comes down with a sore throat in the middle of school. Mm. They go to see the school nurse. School nurse can only do so much because they're right. you know, nursing licensure. So they can log into our organization as a, as a physician school telehealth support program and have that physician see the patient right there in the visit. Now we got to work through the negotiation of does the parent have to be there? How does the parent get that permission? <laughs> All of that logistics, but really exciting opportunity to help the schools take care of the patients and, and, and students and then get them home when appropriate or sure. not. Right. Or yeah. and to do a better assessment. Uh, yeah. You know, as someone who has four kids, I've been through that a lot. So that, that would be way better than, you know, I think there's, you know, the parents love the nurses, but understand that they have limited options, right. As yeah. far as what they can do.
and then sometimes that'll it'll end up with um, the the student getting their issues addressed much more quickly than if they have to go home, call a doctor, and get another visit scheduled somewhere along the way. Yeah, the remote patient monitoring that you mentioned, the RPM, is is interesting. You know, it's and uh, you know, I find it interesting that you mentioned diabetes. I, I think that's the challenge that most face with RPM right now is there's a diabetes one, there's a cardiology, you know, cardiac one, there's a, you know, there's one for each clinical specialty. Is that one of the challenges you see or in your kind of waiting for it to mature or how are you approaching the fact that there's 30 solutions for 30 different, you know, conditions? We're only looking at vendors that will allow us to do all of those things. So, because most patients who have diabetes probably also have Mm -hmm. some chronic heart failure or or other (laughs) morbidities. So we're only looking at those vendors that allow us to do kits and bundles of things that we can manage them as a whole. Interesting. There is a few out there. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how that evolves. I think we're, we're still at the early days, even with sensors and wearables and things like that, that will help us to manage it remotely. So it's the start of a fun adventure. <laughs> it is. It is exciting. Um, totally exciting for our chronic care management team to be able to do so much more for the patients. As you know, a lot of our reimbursements now dependent on the health of our population and when we don't have any insight into what's going on with them, you know, that creates a problem. Yeah. Well, and I think that's particularly true in the rural environment, although everyone's moving to more value-based care. Yeah, totally. So, you know, as you look at your work in telehealth, uh, you know, we always like to wrap up these CIO podcasts with a little career advice. So what, what career advice would you have for any others maybe interested in the telehealth space? Sure. You know, I think that the advice I'm going to recommend is probably regardless of what space you're in, but it's particularly important in telehealth. And the first one is um, involve your experts, right? Hmm. I am not the expert in everything. I'm not the expert in connectivity on the iPads, Mm -hmm. on all the solutions, on the workflows, all of that. So I need to involve my experts. I really need to depend on my team and the support team of the departments I work with to um, give me their expert ideas to innovate and come up with new ideas that we didn't think of. Look at COVID. That's my team did that in five days that they just mm-hmm. all sat around the table and I, I need to depend on them for that and give them and embrace that opportunity to do so. Wow. Yeah. The other thing is partner with your vendors. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't do these things without the trust of Amwell and the, the working with Oracle Cerner together. All, all of us have to come together. It's like a triad. And if, if one of those legs of the stool is not holding up their end of the bargain, then the stool can't stand, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that building relationships with your vendor partners is really key. And then the last thing I would say is, is building trust with your physicians, especially in telehealth. I mean, they have to trust that you're going to provide them with a solution that's usable um, or they're not going to give you their time and their talent and their input. Yeah, and those last two intertwine in an interesting way. I mean, you you shared a couple different examples where the collaboration between Oracle Cerner and Amwell solved some significant problems that were probably yes. killing your trust with the provider organization. Yes. If they had to do the intake, if they had to document separately, et cetera. Is that kind of how you approach it? Absolutely. Absolutely. The doctors knew that, hey. I know Linda's going to take care of this. We're not going to go lie with a problem that doesn't work. And I know the Amwell and Cerner team uh, have heard from us multiple times on that. It's like, look, we're, we're going to wait until we can enhance this warm handoff workflow we talked about, for example. And we did wait. And then when we brought it live, it was much more um, acceptable to them. Yeah. 
Well, I think with all the physicians burnt out, that trust is so important. So that's interesting. Yeah. Maybe one other question. Uh, I think a lot of people looking at rural may have some questions and, you know, what's it like being the CIO at, at a rural organization versus maybe some of the larger ones? Well, I, and I have worked, I've not been a CIO at other organizations, but I've uh -huh. worked at larger organizations, some very gotcha. large ones. And so um, I have, I know firsthand what it's, what that's like, but for me, there's a passion behind it because it mm. feels like you're in a family organization. When you walk the halls of a rural organization, everybody knows everybody and everybody says hello. And from, from that perspective, the culture is just amazing. Mm -hmm. From the technology, from technology and CIO perspective, we have the ability to make decisions, make them quickly and turn mm. much more quickly to, to turn the Titanic much more quickly than we could otherwise at a large organization because we have a little bit more control. Yeah. Uh, which is lovely. The challenges, however, on the other time, of course, there's there's limited resources uh, financially. That's probably the biggest challenge for any rural hospital. Um, we don't have deep pockets, uh, so we have to be very careful how we spend our dollars. Very careful where we put our initiatives and our resources because they're limited. And hiring is a very a, a huge challenge in a rural environment. Mm. So I'm actually kind of blessed, and I know this sounds strange, but I'm very blessed that COVID came along because it made remote work and telehealth and these kind of situations that we're having right here much more acceptable than it was in the past. Yeah, That's made a difference for us. That's interesting. It opened up the hiring uh, in a way that maybe your executives would be like, well, if they don't, if they aren't devoted to the rural then <laughs> yes. or something like that, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> we hired our first person out of state that was hundred percent remote working for us, which, um, you know, was never thought of before. So it, it was a nice opportunity to keep our keep our staffing levels appropriate. Awesome. Well, Linda, this was insightful and I loved hearing your perspectives and your experience and the evolution of telehealth, which I think we all needed to, to make it a better experience. So thanks Absolutely. so much for sharing and thanks everyone for watching and listening. Thanks if you want to find more me. great healthcare IT content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com or search for the CIO podcast by Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcasting application. Thanks, Linda. Thank you.